Welcome to ICA Podcast 9. The goal of ICA Podcast 9 is to provide insightful information about the industry to members and non-members of Intercoiffure America Canada, the voice for salon owners. Each week we'll bring business, educational and inspirational topics to aid anyone with ties to the beauty industry. We will have a revolving series of hosts pulling from industry leaders as hosts and guests to keep things lively and interesting and make you wonder what's coming next. Now, here's this week's edition of ICA Podcast 9. So good morning. Good morning, Sheila. I am uh, speaking to Sam Bricado, the famous Sam Bricado. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I'm famous in my own mind. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a start. That's a start. So, Sam, uh, you know, I'm one of your biggest fans. So I am going to ask you some questions, not only about personal things, but the industry as well. Because I think that of all the people that I've been around this last year, you have uh, probably participated in more podcast, uh, interviews, Zoom calls uh, of anybody that I know. So let's start with you, the man. Who is Sam Bricado? I know you're a father, a husband, a salon owner, um, a manufacturer, um, entrepreneur. What else? Uh, wow. I... I... I do, you know, I do all kinds of things. My hobbies are I play a little music. I have my little man cave here where I have like seven or eight guitars. So I go in there and I hide and I play music. Uh, I still fool around with mannequins a whole lot when I'm not actually doing some customers. Uh, I love uh, real real estate. It's been a hobby of mine since I was uh, maybe 20 years old. And I first bought a duplex apartment. So that's always been in my life, the world of real estate. And, um, and I do, I do a fair amount of journal writing, which I has, it's not really necessarily journal writing, but uh, it's sort of thoughts. I, I write a, a fair amount. Uh, and you keep a diary? It's, it's not, it is a, sort of like a diary. It's an electronic diary. And um, I, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's something that I do a lot of. So uh, are you still working uh, in the salon? behind the chair? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely will take clients and I pretty much leave it where they, you know, for request. But if a really busy week for me would be as many as nine or 10 people. A normal week would be more like six people. So I'm not definitely not knocking it down at 17 to 20 people a day like in the old days. And you know, the other thing I do uh, quite extensively, very much, and I do this every single day, is uh, I do product develop, development stuff, a lot of it related to, you mentioned our manufacturer, but I actually do a lot of product development. I mean, I'm within, within almost arm, arm's reach of where I am, I have hundreds of samples and test products because I have a small setup here at our home in Louisiana where, where I'm able to always look at things. And I have hundreds and hundreds of products made by people through the years that just... Uh, I have such an archive of stuff here, Sheila. Yesterday, I found a pa- an old pair of triple shears. You know, the triple ones. Yes, yeah. And I was looking for a pair of left-handed scissors to give to my son's girlfriend, who's in school, beauty school. 
And I looked at these scissors and I looked twice and went, oh my God, it said horse. Um, horse. Oh no. Yeah, they're actually horse scissors that he oh, did. Oh my gosh. That I got from him back years ago. So I have just some wonderful stuff in my in my hairdresser man cave, I call it. I have great memories and videos. I have a video of Robert Cronings talking about the Bricado products at a, at a seminar that he attended before he even knew or met the Paul Mitchell people. So I have some really old stuff. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be fun to have a little museum? We ought to do an intercoffure museum uh, sometimes when we get together. By the way, I want everybody listening to know that you are a member of Intercoffure, America Canada. You've been involved for years and years and years. You're serving on the board right now and also on the financial committee. So, you know, not only are you um, a historian of the industry, but you're also very, very much involved in making this industry uh, better than it it's ever been. And I love the statement that you told me. One of the first times I ever met you is whatever you do, you want to leave it better than when you started it. And I've always, uh, every time I, I see you, I think about that because it's such a, a great influence um, for me uh, to remember that every day that whatever I do, I need to leave it in better shape. So let's talk about uh, some of the things that you're involved with right now. Well, um, on the, on the, um, in the industry, yeah, in the industry. Side of things, um, I am just super excited about this, this finance committee. Um, what we're working on is we're working to make sure that uh, Intercorpura is virtually self-financed in perpetuity. That would mean that members would always know that there's going to be a next generation and a next generation of intercorporate to serve the salon owner and everyone that's there. So that's one of the most exciting things I, I'm doing. I'm really interested in finance and all, and, and that's something that's evolved in my entire life. Um, I'm also, I'm, <laughs> I can't wait to, for time to pass so we can see what the evolution of the virtual shows and seminars and how we then start blending where we get together in person, but we still have pieces of the virtual seminars because I think what we did a few months, uh, whatever, a few five, six weeks ago, that was amazing. I thought that went so smooth and so well. And if you add that to the day-to-day -day of actually being able to touch and talk and hug everybody again, I think we're, we're, we're headed down a very exciting uh, road for the world of, of beauty and intercorporate particularly. I absolutely agree. Well, in April, the second weekend in April, you know, we are going to have the uh, spring atelier and it is going to be in Memphis so that, um, you know, the lucky thing about Memphis is uh, we have a lot of hotels and all of them are very, very, very affordable. So we don't have to sign a lot of contracts and then be caught uh, having to pay attrition. So, you know, we're all about making sure we, we use our money wisely right now and that we open opportunities where we can be safe. And I have enough contacts like you do, you know, in uh, New Orleans where I don't have to sign a contract until 30 days out and they're holding the space for me. So, you know, that's, that's always good. So that was a little plug for our next event that will be a hybrid. We will have technology and we will have a few bodies i don't know how many but hopefully by then we'll have the vaccine and people will feel comfortable at flying so 
let's talk about how you see the industry right now as a salon owner. And then I want to talk about how you see the industry for stylists and then the students in the schools. So let's talk about <clears throat> salons right now. So um, I, I, I am enjoying the being present in this moment in time. I, as, as, as chaotic and frightening as it may be, I, I believe, I was looking at a book by, on my bookshelf in my manhole the other day and it said, Thriving on Chaos is the name of it. And it's by an old guy named Tom Peters. And yeah. I remember reading that book and I knew Tom personally and I haven't seen him in a long time, but the idea is that where there is chaos, there's opportunity. You have to just stay calm enough and, and pay attention to it. You know, for instance, in New York City right now, it's, it's crazy in New York City. People are leaving a lot and, and there's huge amount of, of, of turmoil going on, particularly in Manhattan. But guess what? If you're a believer in something, you're a believer. So you, you, you sort of buy on the dip. So I'm, we're buying a new apartment there right now. That's what I was literally working on before we got on call because you can get 20 to 30% off what they were selling for a year ago. And why would I do that? The same reason I'm gonna double down as a salon owner because I believe that the professional salon industry needs leadership in salon owners that know how to run a business like a business, not just like a beauty salon, but run it like a business. Have all the things in place so that when a person walks in my front door as a, as a part of our team, they know that they're going to be taken care of. They're going to have a great place to work, a safe place to work is the big talk of the day. They're going to make sure that their paycheck always clears the bank. They're going to know that, that any questions they have, they have a high quality management team that they can sit down and speak to. And if they want leadership and guidance from someone like myself that's been around for 44 years in the industry, they can sit down and talk to me anytime they want. So I'm really optimistic about the idea of employee-based salons going still going forward. I do think that the that the fragmentation and the continued change is going to happen where people are going to go to suites or booth rental. That's going to happen. But what a person's going to find is when they get in a suite or a booth rental is you still have the same duties that you would have if you were a salon owner. So why not go ahead? And if you want to be independent, then be, be an independent leader and do the things that it takes to have a salon and operate it. So I, I think it's, it's gonna, it, this is a defining moment for a lot of things uh, in our industry. I think this is a great time to go to beauty school. And according to the people that I know that own cosmetology schools, their enrollment is up. People, I, yeah, I went That's last, what I've heard, it's all up. I went last night and, and, and I went to the grocery store uh, and and uh, the, there was a young, young lady behind Anna with really long hair. I said, wow, Anna, you got some long hair. Is that COVID hair? She goes, no, I just want it, don't want it to get cut too short. And sometimes when I get a cut, they cut it too short. I said, well, you should. And then she stopped and said, I'm starting cosmetology school in about three weeks. And I said, well, that's great. Great for you. What made you decide to do that? She said, cosmetology is something I can always do. It's something I can always do forever and ever. And I said, well, I've done it almost 45 years. And I can tell you that's absolutely true. So from the salon owner standpoint, my optimism is guarded in getting through the next four months. But on the other side of the four months, I, I'm extremely optimistic. And I think people who came into COVID, um, who, who were prepared, 
even though they didn't realize how bad it was going to be, and they were prepared as a business person, not as a hairstylist, but as a business person, and they were with a team that was prepared, they're going to be fine. There's a lot of psychological damage, probably people frightened to death, but we're going to get on the other side of it. And we're going to be stronger than ever. So that's what I think about that. And schools, I think, are, are, are going to continue to put out, well, because everything's moving forward digitally so fast, I watched my son, Coley's girlfriend, uh, actually train online, doing probably 80% of her education is online. It really does work. I mean, it's better to be in person, I think, or at least a good blend. So the cosmetology student is going to be going into, I think, a world of where you're going to meet salon owners that are more prepared than ever. Because, as I already said, but if you didn't have dry powder stashed away to fight this fight, then you probably are going to take it down. But I'll also say, for those people that did get, quote, taken down, I closed one of my salons. I, I've opened and closed seven, eight, or nine salons, and I sold seven in my career. A lot of things are going to happen in our careers. And just because you've been taken back a notch, maybe you even lost your business during this, that's no reason to stop. If you learn from it, if you didn't learn from it, then it is a mistake. But if you learn from it, go forward, be even more, more cautious, be even a little more conservative. And don't just think that, well, today, tomorrow is going to always look like today, because it's not. Each day is going to look different. And there's some bare minimums that you have to have in place to be able to be able to fight each and every day and be successful. And I think that's going to be part of the silver lining of what COVID has done in, uh, to us this year. People are going to be a lot more serious about how they run their, their businesses and that they run them well and they take care of the people that work there. You know, I think uh, with you saying all that, I totally agree. And uh, as I guess people who are listening to this podcast, that's one of the great things about being able to be part of an aquafura because how many times have we've all been on the phone talking to each other and saying, what are you doing? How did you get that? And helping each other through this pandemic and also at different times previous to this, if we had a walkout or if somebody was having a, a particular a problem, then there was always somebody within our organization that they could pick up the phone and call. So, you know, I think the salon industry in about two years is going to be as big, if not bigger than it was in the nineties, you know, when every, every salon was booming and we were all growing. And then, you know, I think that um, I think that we need the missing link for salon owners is that we need to be more, really more involved with schools and participate with them as much as possible, and let let the students know what to expect from um, working in a team based environment. Well, Sheila, let me just add that since I joined Intercorporate, which was in 1979. I have always more or less felt like, well, you know, I can take this book, I can open this book, and there are over 100 to 150 salon owners, their name, their email, uh, and their phone number. I can go down this list randomly and just run my finger down list and go, ah, I could call this person. That's who I'm going to call because they might be able to answer a question for me. I can pick up the phone and feel comfortable and confidential and knowing I can have a conversation with someone that maybe I haven't talked to ever except said hello to at a meeting. And that's what has 
throughout my career, since the very beginning, has always been so helpful to me in the early days. If I wanted to call Jameson Shaw, you know, whoever right. I wanted to call, Mario Chikosi, um, uh, anybody in the country and internationally, and say, how much do you pay for perms? Or, you know, how much do you spend on education? Or even personal questions like, how do you pay people? All those things were given to me. Those questions have been answered for me. And I just had to be open enough to ask the questions and not be stubborn and hard-headed and feel like I'll figure it out by myself. You're not gonna figure everything out by yourself. You need to let people help you and be there for you you know, because there are times when it's going to be just overwhelming. You just don't know what it is. And one other thing about Intercopure that's amazing, you know, uh, Intercopure being like a family is when someone is lost, when you have a loss, a family loss, a family member, everybody rallies together. And I, yes. think, I think that a lot of times you don't realize how lonely things are until something like COVID comes along and how many people are really completely alone. And um, we begin to really drill down into the humanity of what an organization is about and way beyond the business side of it um, and but the real humanity of it. And you find out eventually, you know, I have friends I've made in Intercopier, you know, that I've known literally since I got penned with them in 1979, Richard Weintraub, you know, people like that, that I've known my entire career. Right. And by the way, some people are no longer members or they're still members, uh, but they're still my friends. And I still yes, can... yes. Well, you know, somebody told me just the other night, uh, you can attend a lot of things. You can attend a church, you can attend a party, uh, you can attend, you know, or come to an organization or event, but do you belong? And, you know, that's something that, we all long to be is to belong to a group, to something that's making this world better, whatever it is. It could be the environment. It could be, you know, so many things now, but I know within this industry, Intercorfior is the only organization for salon owners to be able to open up and share. And the other thing is, I think right now we've become the voice of the industry because if you think about it, we're the recipients of the students out of the school, we're, we're the mentors, the trainers. I Somebody asked me the other day, how many salons have you been, have you helped establish? Meaning uh, they came and worked with me, they built up, they learned, and they opened a salon. And I started counting and I thought, you know, just over the last 30 years, I've put in nine salons and they're all very good now a lot of them have gone out of business because they retired or whatever but think about that none other small businesses that came through my doors and I had the pleasure of working with and now they moved on so you know I, I can't even imagine how many people have uh you've mentored and trained take a, take a stab at it how many people would you think in your 40 years You've touched. Yeah, sure. I, I I can tell you that the good news is there's been I, I I don't know hundreds, literally, because at one point I had over two hundred employees and three hundred and ninety students in my schools, and I've continued on that with that that point was twenty five years ago. Those numbers. Yeah. But I will tell you this: that 
Recently, I was talking to someone that was a real top person with me that built a good, busy, busy salon. But the salon has not stayed together. Uh, it, it hasn't succeeded in prospering. Um, and now they've actually created this like three salons, uh, four salons, and one of the hybrid salon idea because they're, they're like, they're hunkering down to fight their last days in the industry. And I just want to say that when I look at that, I'm happy they're figuring out a way to keep going. But I want to point out there's two reasons why a business doesn't continue to prosper, at least from the personal standpoint of the owner. One is if you can be a compassionate leader, people will follow you. People will stick with you. People will fight with you as long as they know that you'll fight that battle on their behalf. A good example is when someone has a problem in, in our organization, we draw them in even closer to us. We don't push them away. And I learned that in personal experience. I was part of a club and something happened to me and I basically got pushed out. That was a very long time ago, but that lesson just stuck with me that when someone is in pain, someone has a problem, they're not being pushed out. They're being pulled in by our team. So that's great leadership in my opinion. Right. But the second thing is to be able to realize that anybody can open up QuickBooks right now for free and look at a financial statement and a balance sheet. And at the top of it, all you have to put is business, my business. It doesn't have to have salon or any of that. And study those numbers and be able to run your business like a business. And it just so happens the business you're in is hairstyling and, and skincare and all these things we do. If you can lead well and lead compassionately, and if you can manage the monetary side of the business in a, in a, in a, um, in a, in a way that people really sense that you're, you're taking responsibility for it, the fiduciary duty, you'll weather just about any storm. And even if you don't make it and something falls apart, you know how to put it back together and you'll just go back at it again. That's why they, that's why the saying is that if all the money in the world were distributed equally to every single person on earth in seven years, the people that had all the money when it was all taken away and distributed would have it back. People who, who gain great wealth and, great, and become great leaders, they do it because it's part of who they are and they're gonna do it in spite of everything around them. And I really believe that. I believe that you can learn it. You learn these things, but once they're ingrained in your DNA and you've really built it into your operating system, it's hard to keep you, hold you down. You know, uh, Kimmons Wilson is from Memphis, who started Holiday Inn, right? Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to meet him, be around him several times. And that was his big, big push is I don't fear one day because I built it. I lost it. I can build it again. That was that's what he said. He yeah. said, and, you know, I do not believe that I'm going to leave my children. They're going to earn and then they can borrow from the money that I have built, but yeah. they have to earn it and I'll match it, but they're yeah. not going to get anything. And you know, every one of his children, grandchildren, and now great-grandchildren are all very successful people because they're, they're leaders, they're uh, financially secure without that legacy of all that money. But right. yeah, that was his big motto. I, yeah. I, I made it, I lost it, I made it, and I can do it again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I'll say that if you're if you're anywhere particularly under 50 years old, but even 60 years old nowadays, because 
and and you've and you've had a real hard time, and maybe you lost all or most of your business. You're fine. You be thankful that it happened when you're still young enough to start over. I mean, I remember running on some very difficult times, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was, and someone said, "Listen, if you have to file bankruptcy, be thankful you have to do it now." Because you can always make it up. I didn't have to file bankruptcy. Uh, I've always, you know, done fine enough to avoid anything like that. But um, you can start over and and rebuild. So you just have to really believe in yourself. You have to study the the atmospherics. You have to understand what's going on in the world. And like I said right in the beginning, chaos is opportunity. And as sad as it may be, this is there's some real opportunity here. And I agree with you in 24 months, the industry is gonna be looking really fabulous. And I'm gonna be so happy we stayed in the game. And just Me kept- too. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting, even though, like you said, you look at it and everybody is feeling a little down, but I don't know, there's, there's an energy right now. Uh, survival is a, a very contagious, energetic feel in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And, and, and because we've been locked down so long, you know, Holly and I, we just got to our home in Lafayette. We haven't been here in 11 months. And we've owned this home maybe 14 years and we've sent stuff here, put stuff here in the attic and the other attic and the garage and all over the place in my man cave. Well, the last two weeks, we've been spending a lot of time going through things. And I mean, all kinds of fabulous stuff that reminds me of the things we've built, the, the experiences we've had. But this is a time, even in the time of loss, I lost my brother and my sister six, six years ago, very eight days apart. Um, and they were the ones, the one just under me, I'm a middle child, and the one just older than me. And it was very painful. But, but I realized even in the most difficult moments of my life that everything's here, everything's in place. My head's clear as it can be. And I'm going to be fine. I'm going to get on the other side of this. And it may take a really long time, but I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to build again because that's what we do. When people ask me, why do you still work? That's what we do. I, a friend of mine, they live literally across the street. He's off on the boat. He said, Sam, you do know, you do know you're not going to live forever. I said, Bob, but I'm going to do the things that bring me joy. And I'm going to do that for as long as I can. And I'm still you know, finding joy in the things I do. So I just keep, keep doing it. Yeah, I could go off on a boat <laughs> for a week or two. That'd be fun. But yeah. I don't want to retire. Yeah. I'm on my radar. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So what would be um, your biggest advice to somebody coming into the industry right now as a student? What would uh, you tell your boy, your son's girlfriend? Latch on to some, latch on to someone that can be your mentor, at least one person that has checked the boxes in particularly initially the world of being um, a dependable, uh, successful designer, whether they're doing color or cutting or doing both, and make sure that they really uh, are doing what it is that you want to learn how to do. But they also have their personal life and business life in order and then latch onto that person and be their, be their, you know, their sidekick for two years, as long as you can, as long as it takes, 
until you absolutely get it. And you know how to replicate what they did because here's what will happen. When you start paying attention to what someone does very closely and you start replicating it exactly the way you show, they show it to you, you'll learn that you'll stop doing it exactly that way because your DNA, your passion, your love of life is going to come through and you're going to tweak it and you're going to own it one day for yourself and you will be that success. But you cannot, it, you, I, you know, I play the guitar, but I've never forced myself to be like Salvatore Minardi, who is a master on the guitar. And what, what I do is I hack away at it. And I've never disciplined myself to be really amazing. If you don't take the time to, to find someone to mentor and teach you, and you teach yourself also, um, if you don't do that, that'll be one of the biggest mistakes you'll make. So my advice is find a mentor or more and really follow them. Really, you know, uh, I mentioned my friend Bob. I, I have a little thing on my phone. I haven't looked at it in a while, but I used to write, it was called, What Would Bob Do? because he's super successful. Now I haven't looked at that list in a very long time, maybe 12 years, 14 years, but I used to write down what he did because I watched him go from having a small business to making hundreds of millions of dollars. And I was like, damn, look at that. Look at what he's doing. I go, what, did, what would he have done in this situation? So when you find a mentor and you really pay attention to him and ask yourself, what would she do? that I want to do? Or what would he do that I want to do? So that would be my biggest advice. And, and don't miss school. Go to school, show up. Don't try to do a lot of things. Focus on school, get in, put in your hours, do your time, study after hours. If you have to work two jobs on the side, do all those things. Don't think it's owed to you. You have it coming to you. You don't. You have to earn it. And probably a little more harder today than it's been in quite a while. But it's worth it. It's worth it. It's a beautiful industry. So um, I'm going to ask a favor of you. Uh -huh. uh, in April, when we all get together, yeah. I want you to bring your guitar. Oh. <laughs> Only if Sal, Sal's, Sal's going to bring his. Yeah. And, oh. You know, I love music. And uh, sometimes, you know, I mean, I can just turn on different. I like all different types of music. Yeah. And... Yeah. I learned so much watching the music industry through this pandemic as well. And uh, I love the history of musicians. So I'm thinking that we get together and we just need to lay back and jam. And so I'm asking everybody that can sing and have an instrument, bring it. And we're just going to sit around and jam. That'd be fun. I don't, I don't sing, but I can, if, I, if I'm sitting close enough to Salvatore, I'm sure I'll tell him that'll rub off on me. <laughs> well, fun. I think it would be fun. And yeah. uh, I know that a oh, couple of first intercultural uh, galas I was at, uh, Tommy Sierra, you know, he's, he sounded yeah. like, he thought he sounded like uh, uh, Frank Sinatra. He had a great voice, but he would get up and sing. And I used to, and everybody would start singing. And I just thought, man, this is the greatest thing. And we, we need to get back to when we're all together, just jamming and laughing and, and uh, being a part of each other again. So mm -hmm. I, I cannot thank you enough for number one, being such a great, great influence in the industry for 
being my friend and for being a part of Intercorfior and for always being willing to share. And I know that you've said this before, that if anybody ever needs anything to call you. So I'm going to put that out there to the universe right now in our industry, that if you need anything and any advice, Sam Bracado is definitely one who'll take your call. Is that right? Absolutely. Just give me a ring, text me if I don't answer and then I'll get back and I'd be happy to pay it forward like that. Always there, here to share. Well, you're a great, great human being and a great um, mentor. And I can't just say enough things about you. So thank you for sharing and taking this time right now. And uh, thank you for being such a strong part of Intercoffee America Canada. My pleasure. Thanks for asking me, Sheila. You guys have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for the ICA Podcast 9 podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for more industry insight and information. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast too and share it with your friends in the industry. Our only goal is to bring people together and share information with those that need it. Intercoiffure America Canada is proud to be the voice for salon owners. For more information about us, visit intercoiffure.com. That's intercoiffure.com.